This is On and Off Your Mat Podcast, episode 166, Business Strategies for Yoga Teachers. If you're a yoga teacher who wants to expand your income and your impact, today's episode is for you. If you're ready to move away from only teaching drop-in classes and grow a more sustainable and profitable business, our guest of today is going to have all the answers to your questions. For today's episode, I sat down with Gwen Fejera. Gwen is a business and marketing strategist for yoga teachers with dozens of online courses, hundreds of successful students, and transformational online yoga masterminds reaching students all over the world. She is the example of all the possibilities that are in reach for yoga teachers just like you. As a mom of a little four-year-old boy, while living on a tiny seven-kilometer square island close to Bali, Indonesia, she believes in and teaches how to build a profitable business while keeping a work-life balance. If this episode helps you in any way, share it and help someone else on their journey. Leave a review on iTunes for them to find the episode or the podcast in general, or share your takeaways on social media. I really love to read your takeaways on the episode. So as you take a screenshot of the episode and share something you've learned, make sure to tag at on and off your mat podcast on Instagram. One last thing before we get to today's episode, if you've already taken my quiz, how sensitive are you? I would love for you to share your results with me. You can DM me or tag me in a story. And if you haven't taken the quiz yet, there will be a link in the show notes for you to do so. Once you take the quiz, you will not only get clearer on your level of sensitivity, but you will receive with your results a personalized workbook and plan of action with the right stress tools according to your personal level of sensitivity. All right, let's get to today's episode with Gwen. Hi, Gwen. Hi, Erica. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Super excited on being on your podcast. I'm excited too, guys. I've been working with Gwen for a little bit, so I asked her to come and talk about the work we did together. So before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your yoga journey? Yeah. So I'm a yoga teacher and a yoga teacher trainer. And then now I focus mainly on this, like training yoga teachers. And then once they finish their teacher training, like I help them with their career and it ended up in the last few years being moving online because it's something that I have done myself and I know it's not easy and it can Mm -hmm. feel quite overwhelming. Yeah, for sure. So what's the need for a lot of yoga teachers to move online now that we're not in shelter anymore, now that COVID is mostly behind us and we're back to normal life? What did that show you or about the way we were teaching before? That needed to change. Yeah, so I think it's more like the way we teach and teach before is great. I think it's more than now there are less people coming into studios. Like last time when I did a post, and it was about the sixty-five percent that people actually practice at home, and I received mm-hmm. so many messages from yoga teachers about it because it is a true number, and it is strange sometimes to have it in front of us that a lot of people practice online now they don't go to studio for so many different reasons and with the reason is not really covered anymore there are many other reasons so I think as teachers like when we started we all think like okay so I'm going to teach classes in a studio trying to get more classes and that's going to be my income and and my life Mm -hmm. but that doesn't work so much anymore yeah So what's the issue with focusing on teaching mostly drop-in classes from studio to studio? 
I think it's really about our expectation. If we have an expectation of having a good salary from it or fill it, <laughs> first of all, that's why it depends like how much do you have to rely on your income because some people might have other income stream coming or it might be mainly their partner bringing the income and they do something that they want. Like It can be really different reasons why we mm-hmm. would stick with drop-in. But I think also, yeah, we simply have this idea of it will work like this and it can't anymore. Other than income, like what's the problem with only doing drop-ins? Well, I think after a while, when we teach a lot of drop-in, we kind of tired about it. It can be quite draining, especially if you teach very active classes, Mm -hmm. you want to change your sequences and your playlist every time, then it will take you like a while to do your sequence, find a new theme, research something. And if you want to do classes that are very transformational for your students and be very present and give your whole being to being there and to this class, it takes preparation, Mm -hmm. energy. Mm-hmm. A lot so there's than... a problem in sustainability, basically physically and the income you receive from it. Like it's hard to sustain yourself money-wise, but also health-wise. Like if you're teaching, I think that was your case and that was my case too. Like for a few years, I was teaching 25 classes a week. Like I think you're around that number. You're not very far either. So you can't do that forever. And that includes yeah. like the driving from place to place. Like there's also the time, I think, that when you shift your offerings online, you save, I saved when COVID happened, I saved three hours of driving every day. That's insane. (laughs) That makes a big difference at the end of your week, like in your levels of stress and the money you spend and all sorts of things. And driving is stressful. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) totally. So then how can yoga teachers grow a more sustainable or more profitable business now that we're in 2023? So, well, I think obviously I would say online, have something online because we also never know what is going to happen. So it's why like people that have built things online, like we did, it's difficult to let go of it just because we are doing things in person, maybe again, because we know that actually this might happen again. And so having built something online, I don't really see the bad side of it Mm -hmm. at this moment. I just see the good side of it. And I don't see anyone regretting to have done an online offering that they can sell all the time at this time. So I will say that's why I think this is a a great way to go. But I think it's difficult as a yoga teacher teaching drop-in classes back to back to think of what to do online. Mm -hmm. The same that it is for everyone. Like yesterday I had a conversation with my friends and they were like, oh my God, I should do something online because we live on a seven kilometer square island. So there's not many jobs. (laughs) So they were like, I really need to do something online, but what I can do. And I think it's the same even with yoga teachers. They think, okay, I can do yoga classes. But if you go into just not saying it's not good, but just yoga classes, like a drop-in style, or Zoom yoga is going to be a bit difficult because yes, maybe the market for this is a bit saturated and it's a bit more difficult to target people, to attract people when your Zoom class is for everyone. Mm -hmm. So then how can people narrow what they want to offer or yoga teachers, how can they narrow what to offer online and what to build as an online business? So that's a bit of a journey, like honestly, finding what we call your niche or like who you want to serve online, your audience, however you want to call it. It's a bit of a journey that 
can be helped with having some good questions asked for you. But you will also need to be at the good time when you're ready to take a decision of narrowing down. Because someone can tell you, oh, this is the perfect niche for you, like with the experience you have, the story you have. But if you're not ready to hear it, you're not going to do it. Like to me, it was exactly like this when someone told me like, oh, you really need to help yoga teachers with like their marketing, their business. That's the one I was like, no way, I'm not going to do that. Like, (laughs) and look at me now. So I think sometimes, first of all, having someone that has a little bit more out of your situation and can look at your story and at your skills and what you like to do is really helpful. Mm -hmm. And if not asking like, yeah, some certain question of looking back on your story, what have you done? Like, how do you feel like passionate of helping people? What comes easily to you? That is a little bit outside of the yoga spectrum. So you can combine those things then together. Mm -hmm. And so by answering those questions, you get clear on your messaging and your branding. Is there other things you can do to make sure you're attracting the right students in the offers you're creating? I think if your messaging and your offers, they are on the same level for the same people, it is going to work. Like the only thing here is going to be probably the person stopping because at the beginning it doesn't work. And Mm. rather than seeing like, why or how can I improve my messaging? Maybe it was not the right offer for the people that I thought. So rather than going a little bit deeper and going through this phase that might actually not be very nice of doubt, then being like, okay, that's not for me. It doesn't work. And just stopping, which is fair enough, like fair enough, honestly. But this is to me the only reason that I see yoga teachers not making it online is when they stop at one point. They quit instead of reassessing, like, what do I need to do differently? Yeah, I think as yoga teachers, but even entrepreneur, like we have to pivot all the time. Like you go into a direction, you're not going to know if people are going to buy it. Like, honestly, you can have the market, you can know that there is the demand, like maybe no one is going to buy the thing. So it's more to see why. And then you turn, you pivot into another direction until you find really what works for you and for the people that are in your community. Mm -hmm. Are there any other mistakes other than just quitting that yoga teachers make when it comes to building a sustainable business or making money? I think the social media thing is big Mm -hmm. because now social media is really everywhere. So we do feel that what we need is uh, the social media. And if we have the social media following then we will sell things. So now there's so many courses on how to build a YouTube channel, how to be on Pinterest, how to have clients from Instagram, how to grow your Facebook group. All of this is cool, but this is not your business. Like social media should not be your business because first of all, you don't own the social media. And You can be hacked tomorrow. You can be banned for having done something that you don't (laughs) even know what you have done. And we all know that if we have worked on social media. And so you have all of the things that can be around and help you share your message and your offers. But this is not your business. And I think a big mistake at the moment is to see people just accumulating those courses on learning how to use social media and platforms and not how to actually build their business. Yeah. I mean, that's a mistake I made in the beginning. Like if I go back maybe five years, my main goal was to grow 
my Instagram followers, but that didn't translate into clients. And over time, I had to actually remove so many followers because I realized they were not actually aligned. They were not potential clients. They were not looking for, you know, I just had learned strategies to grow the number, to grow the number, but I didn't know yet how that was not useful in the end. <laughs> you know, So there might be other strategies that matter more. Like you say, you don't own quote unquote, those people like Instagram could take them away any day, where if you bring them on outside the platform and you build relationship with them, that might serve your business better in the long run. Yeah, I think this one is a big one, definitely. Like, and so the social media first, and also like, as we spoke, like the shiny object strategy. You see, like sometimes we scroll on Instagram and then you have this ad that is like, okay, you should write a book and that is going to be the way you're going to sell in your business. Or we should create this mini offer that is $17 and I give you all the templates to do it. And this is going to explode your business, like you're going to make so much money. <laughs> all and- the magic pill solutions. <laughs> Exactly. And so you have all this strategy and I'm so guilty of it too, like of following all of these little things. And this is like definitely shiny object syndrome where we just see something and we're like, oh, maybe what I'm doing is not fast enough or it doesn't grow very well. So I just need to take this new thing. I just need to take this new thing. Just need to take this new thing. I need to create a course. So I need to buy a course to create a course. or I need to buy this. And so... But at the end, we still have no business. We have mm. a course or we have this mini $17 offer or we have this book or this thing, but we still don't have a business. Yeah. So a mistake would be, if what I'm hearing what you're saying, right, to just continue to learn, but in a way that doesn't actually bring you closer to what you want to produce and not taking action to then build what you're trying to build. But because you're afraid or you have certain belief about your value as your teacher or what you have to offer, then you just continue to take all these little course that might magically make you blow up when in fact, that's not really the way it works. No, unfortunately, like it would be, it would be nice. <laughs> that would be so great. It, it doesn't work like that, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So then how do we use social media if we don't want to spend 24-7 on it, but we also want to be able to bring the people outside the platform, we want to build community, like how do we create our offer without relying 100% on social media, but making the most of it? So I think it's good to use social media to share with the community and also to learn about them. So it's like a permanent market research I think like Mm. social media because you can really ask people quick question like in Facebook group or on Instagram like it's very easy to communicate with people and to see what they think what they need so I think to me like this is a great way to use social media like to see and understand better the people that are already in your community what they want because you can easily create that and that's a quick probably offer to do Mm-hmm. And if you already have existing offers, just to be very consistent and to help people take decisions depending on where they are in their student journey about your offers. So 
let's say if they're more in the starting point of discovering yoga or they're not really sure what they want to do and they end up on your icon, you want to have always some kind of content that helps those people bring awareness to their problem. And you want to have some posts that helps them also to see what kind of solution they can have. And then when you're ready to sell, you want also to have some posts that someone that wanted to buy something, they come on your icon, they have a straightforward journey to go from, I just saw this post, let's say on my feed or in the explore page, straight away, I see that you have a story about your program. And then there was a link to apply in the story. And then now I'm your client. So you kind of also want to have things for people in different stages, but to not wait for social media to just bring you people because they saw our funny reel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So really being intentional with what you post, keeping in mind your client's journey from the beginning where they've never met you all the way to they're ready to buy from you. So you talked about three big steps, awareness, solution, and then they're ready to buy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So talking about that student journey and creating offers according to where they are on that journey, this is something you call creating an offer suite. So can you give an example of how that could look in those three stages, like three things you could create that would help people understand, like, what do I create for awareness? What do I create for solution? And what do I create for the buy cycle? So in the offer suite, there was two ways kind of like to say it, like one first way is to have, so let's say three offers that go from cheaper to more expensive, where the cheaper one would be like a do-it-yourself offer. And then a middle offer will be done with you and a third offer can be done for you. This to me works more when you offer services, yeah, because mm -hmm done for you like you can't do their yoga for them so it depends <laughs> of what kind of service you will add to that and if not another way to see it which I quite like with my own clients also and inside Elevate like a lot of the yoga teachers do that is to build one big program and you imagine that in this program you will have like everything for your students so let's say You discover that you're very good at helping people that have low back pain, reduce this pain and manage their movement during the day. And people really have great results. So rather than thinking about cheap, middle and high offer, think about the best program you can build for those people and put all of the things that you think they need to have this transformation from having low back pain to actually being to be more mindful, let's say, of their movement and starting to build more movement where they can actually do so they know how to move in a way that is not so painful for them and in this program once it's built you're going to be like okay how much do i want for this if it's the perfect program there is one one in it that's going to probably be your most expensive offer mm -hmm. so then you can go down from this and do an offer that is the same but group so you could uh, do it with a group program and let's say You start it like a couple of times a year or four times a year, depending on the length of your program. And that's your mid offer. And then your cheapest offer could be like, do it yourself. Here, just the recorded videos that would be in your program anyway. And that's a cheaper option. And you can even have a down one from this. Now that I think about it, where you could just have like a workshop that teach them the steps to get rid of their back pain. So there's so many ways of doing an offer suite. 
And that's why mm-hmm. I think it's hard sometimes to also do it alone because uh, we're so much in it that we don't yeah. see it. Yeah, for sure. And we get overwhelmed with all the options and the ways and the possibilities and the shiny object syndrome of like, you're going to get different advice from different people. So like if you do it on your own and you take like advice from one person and then advice from another person and this other third person, they might say things that contradict themselves or each other. And it doesn't mean that in a certain context, what they're saying is not right, but for your own context, that might not work. And then you get so confused with like, okay, I'm supposed to do it this way, but I'm supposed to do it this way, but I'm also supposed to do it this way when all these people were successful, but it might not be the way you need to do it. So I think when you work with one person, it really allows you to like focus on one way of doing things and kind of carrying it through to then see a result. And then you can add, and then you can like add variations or try other things, but like stick with one thing for a certain amount of time to not quit, right? To have time to create a full cycle of it. What do you think? Yeah, 100%. I think that's why like so many books have been done on like one thing, you know, do one thing or because this in general in life, that's also what works. Like when you learn so many things at once, it's very difficult for our brain to also process than when you just do one thing. It's easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, also by working together, I'm very much like one thing. So it's like you do one step and then once it finished, you have another one and then another one. Because if we look also at the end of the journey, like, okay, I want to make, I don't know, like $5,000 a month or 10000 or whatever, then we feel like everything is so big. But when we look at one step at a time to get where we want to be in anything, it's a lot easier. Yeah, of course, like creating a little milestone. And so having someone that kind of hold your hand <laughs> to be like, this is our next goal. Like, don't worry about where we're going. Like, just follow me along. That's definitely helpful. So what is in breaking down those milestones? Like, what's the framework that you use to create offers that you know your audience will definitely go for? Like, they can't refuse. So um, to me, that's exactly the framework that I use in Elevate. And I changed it a few times until now. I feel like actually this is it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so the first step, I think, is really to refine our expertise and understand what is unique about our approach and our story and really building this confidence of well, I'm actually doing this online. Like I feel good about it. I feel that, yes, this is my expertise and not like, oh, I'm not quite sure if I'm good at it. So I think before even creating anything or sharing your messaging and your journey, you want to feel very confident about what you do. And then that's a hard that, first step. <laughs> yeah. Like it is hard learning first step. To, to niche down and then really be convinced about your expertise. People are going to get tripped already there. Yeah. And that's why it's so hard to do it alone because you're going to choose a niche. And then once you're going to start doing some posts on social media, you're actually not sure. Oh, who Mm -hmm. am I to do this? Or who am I to do that? And so if you have no support system for also your mindset, you're not going to pass this step. And you're going mm-hmm. to go back to sharing your yoga schedule or book a class with me. And you just back at it, you know, and then, oh, yeah, the niche thing was not for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think the first step is really to build this expertise. 
And then the second step is more about your community. So when we talked about social media, that can be it, but simply working on your messaging, like, okay, so now that I know what I want to do, like, I know the people I want to help, how can I have a clear message about that? Because someone that is going to do low back pain, for example, not everyone has the same messaging around it, the same method, the same, like, it's very different. So how can I share this and learn to use my words in a podcast, on Instagram, in a Facebook group, on Pinterest, on doing blogs or whatever you want? Like, how can I use my words to grow a community? And once I feel like I'm attracting already some people, like I see that people are resonated with this content, then the last step of this second phase will be to do a market research to understand those people and exactly what they need right now. Because the people you're going to get at the beginning, like it's difficult to just create an offer and just hope that it's exactly the right offer for the people you spent, let's say, a month or two months attracting. Mm -hmm. So to me, the quickest way is actually just to say like, hey, do you want this? (laughs) And if people say yes or no, like a little bit more in a complex way in your market research, but the idea is this, is to really see like what kind of level of commitment they have, budget and different things. And then you create this offer. And once you have your offer suite, like then you will choose exactly what offer depending on their budget, their commitment, their awareness, you're going to build first. And so you build one offer at a time like this. So that your last step is then to create the offer and to sell it. And again, there are many different ways of selling. So this will depend on you and like also your level of being confident or if you easily overwhelmed, you might not want to start with a big launch. So how can you sell without doing a launch? Like there is also ways of selling without doing a launch thanks to like all of us, because if not, we'll be exhausted just doing lunch after lunch. So that's why I think it's also important to find a system that works for you, depending on yourself and not just like a copycat strategy that can work for just one person that has this exact personality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if we go back, you said that we start with building our expertise Then we build our community. We work on our messaging and market research. Then we create our offers and then we sell that offer. Yep. So if we go back to our expertise, our uniqueness, the challenge of feeling confident in what we have to offer, how do we gain more confidence so we can sell without sounding salesy and like feeling an ick about it? I think what is helpful is to first learn to sell something that is free, like a freebie. So one of the things to grow your community, especially your email list, is going to be to create a free resource that is helpful for people that will also teach you how to create a landing page, a thank you page, an email automation, and all of this stuff that you're going to have to do a bit later anyway. Mm -hmm. So I think learning this is a good idea to build up the confidence on I'm really of service for people. So I'm not trying to make money. I just have this thing that is free and to learn how to sell this thing that is free. And that will usually build your confidence because people are going to reach out to you saying like, wow, thank you so much for this free masterclass or this free 
PDF or quiz or whatever, because it did give me so much insight. I didn't realize that blah, blah, blah. And now I know all of the things. So thank you so much. And this is also going to yeah build up your confidence for the experience. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it gives you practice in selling. It gives you practice in all the steps without having to create something that's so big that if it doesn't work, it's really hard, like, you know, in your heart to pivot and start over again. Like if you do a freebie and it flops, then you have a chance to learn from something that you didn't invest like weeks of work in. It's kind of a nice dip your toe in the water and see what happens. Yeah, 100%. Hmm. You talked about one thing when you were talking about sales and it was like the fatigue of launching and launching and launching again. So what's one strategy that you use or you teach your students to use to have your students re-enroll in the next thing down the client journey? You know, we talked about different offers for different points in their journey. How do you make sure that once they've done the first part, they continue and they continue into what you have to offer so you don't have to find 100% new people every time you launch a new thing? And that's why like, you want the offer suite. So depending on how your offer suite is made, if you're not made with the one program and then you add group coaching or one-one coaching, if you have one with offers that flow into each other, then this is going to be great to retain students. So if you have one where, let's say you do a workshop for people that have back pain, if they want more, then they could go into this other program that is just a hundred bucks more, let's say. And then once they finish this program that teach them the very basic movement of doing, like now they're a bit more confident already and they sell results. So they trust you already. So they're going to buy then the next offer that is a little bit more higher price and that has more access to you. So the more access you give to people to you, then the more price you put on. And those students are going to re-enroll into your next thing because they already had result with it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's an easy way to do like the offers that flow into each other. Yeah. And I think it also helps people build a relationship with you when we talked about building community. And for me, that includes like building trust. Like before you ask for a high ticket item, you have given them results already. They know who you are already. They have gained trust. They have experience with you. So it gives them a chance to build their trust in what you are able to deliver. Yeah. And sometimes if your main offer is higher price or the one that you want to sell at the moment is a bit higher price and you don't have so many of the quick one or you want that someone can go straight to the higher one, you will want to then work more with your content to make sure that you give them already result with your free content. Yeah. So meaning you talked about the PDFs, the quiz, the things that you use as lead magnets. This is where you create transformation for them. We're not talking social here, right? Yeah. You call in like maybe long form social, like more lives or things like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. I feel like we've talked about a lot of things already (laughs) and I don't want to overwhelm people, but is there anything else you'd like to add before we finish? Like if there's one takeaway about what we've talked about today, you would really like listeners to leave with, what would that be? I think it will be to build a business and not a platform on social media. And to think that 
there is not just one way to sell an offer and you don't have to launch. You don't have to do actually one thing in particular. There are many different ways of doing things. And so you want to find your way and to find someone that also help you find your way. I'll put all your information in the show notes, obviously. But in the meantime, where's the best place for people to find you if they want to learn about what you're doing, they have questions, or they want to work with you in some capacity? So on my website, yugikewithgwen.com. And then on Instagram, same name, yugikewithgwen. And I also have a podcast, Elevate Your Yoga Career. And Facebook group that is called Elevate Your Yoga Career. <laughs> so everything is Elevate Your Yoga Career. <laughs> and I also have a challenge coming up soon that will be on March 13. That is uh, to build an offer suite. So three days to create your offer suite. That is mm, for perfect. teachers. Amazing. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Erica, for having me. And we went a lot more in depth than what I thought we would. But hopefully everyone is taking that as information and not as implementation of everything. Yeah, we're just planting the seeds so people start to reflect on what's possible and what they need to consider when they want to really grow their business and have bigger impact, make more money, and they're ready to shift out of doing only drop-ins. Like we're just opening the conversation and then there's a lot of steps from there. But just to see, like, just to remind them that there's more to a yoga career than just teaching either in-person or online classes. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Erika. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you haven't already done so, leave a review for this episode or the podcast in general on iTunes. If this episode has helped you, you can pass it on and help someone else by leaving your review. Plus, when you leave a review to say thank you, I'll give you access to our premium membership for free for a full month. All you have to do is send me a screenshot of your review and we'll get you all set up. Find the show notes for this episode and my new quiz at ericabelanger.com slash 166. Before you go, I just want to say a last thank you to the growing team behind this podcast for their support in making this possible. And this includes all our premium members, of course. Once again, thanks for listening. See you next Monday.